0: Welcome to Stack Attack, the PEI Public Library Services podcast on books, culture, and everything related to the world of libraries. April is National Poetry Month, and in today's episode, Crystal is joined by Julie Bull, an Inuk scholar, poet, and spoken word artist who lives on the island, and Tanya Davis, a poet, storyteller, musician, and singer songwriter who recently became the Prince Edward Island Provincial Poet Laureate. Crystal will be chatting with each of them about their work, upcoming events to celebrate National Poetry Month, and some of their favorite poetry recommendations. As always, please check out the podcast notes for more information and links to the resources mentioned in the episode. The Stack Attack podcast is recorded and produced on Epicwit, the ancestral land of the Mi'kmaq.
1: Hi everyone, it's Crystal Dion here, the Adult Services Librarian at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center for the PEI Public Library System. And I'm here with um, PEI poet Julie Bull, and we're going to chat a bit about different ways we can celebrate National Poetry Month, some of the projects that they've been working on, and their books and events that are coming up throughout the month. So hi, Julie, welcome.
2: <laughs> hi, Crystal. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, you
1: too. Um, so I guess, It seemed for quite a long time you were um, quite involved in an academic life and, you know, that's a big part of your life. And then recently I I did read in your website that you are a self-proclaimed recovering academic turned entrepreneur and artist. So I thought you might just be able to touch on, on that or that changeover or how they've sort of married together now.
2: Absolutely. So I think what's interesting, I'll start from now and work my way back a bit. Just recently, somebody on PEI learned for the first time that I have a PhD and do this academic work. They thought, oh, uh, you were an artist and a poet. I had no idea that you did this other thing. So as a brand new artist, that feels kind of amazing because for most of my life, I have been known as Julie Bull, the academic. So I finished my PhD in 2019, and I was still living in Toronto at the time and knew that I was ready to not be flying around all the time to not be so busy and to work always in my head. I quite like thinking, but I don't wanna do it all the time. And so I finished my PhD and within six months was back living on the island. And then of course, three months after that, we a pandemic hit. And for me, when the pandemic hit, I was actually at the BAM Center for Arts and Creativity. I was at an artist residency. So already I was blowing my own mind because I didn't even know I was an artist. I didn't identify as an artist in 2020 or in 2019 when I applied. It was one of those things of like, I want to get outside my comfort zone and do something that surprises me about myself. So I applied thinking that I probably will need to apply 10 times before I actually get accepted into this thing. But I got in. And so that's where I was in the pandemic hit. And I feel like what a pivotal moment that I was there in the mountains, learning and expressing myself artistically. So when I came back here, my whole work life shifted it would have anyways, because I couldn't fly anymore, I couldn't do a lot of the things I was doing beforehand. And then I started to integrate these different parts of myself. So I still do academic work, not in university specifically, I do a lot of training and education. But I spend a lot of my time making art and writing poetry.
1: That's really great. So I guess you kind of touched on this. But, um, you know, what did draw you towards writing poetry? Um, Do you kind of do you find that you write more for yourself or as a way to impact others as well?
2: Well, I guess both at this point, but that's not always been true. I've been writing poetry since as long as I can remember. I have evidence of it from when I was 10 years old. I still have some of those poems, and it's hilarious to read poems of a 10-year-old version of yourself, but I've been writing them longer than that. You know, I'd, I'd make up songs to various things I'd hear on the radio, but I never shared it. That was absolutely a therapeutic pursuit. It was something I did exclusively for me. Every now and then, somebody might see something I wrote, but it was never a thing I would share on purpose. And it wasn't until 2016, so like that's significantly longer than 10 years old, um, that I started to actually share. And again, it was by accident. A friend of mine saw my notebook open, read this poem, and just had this moment of, I'm sorry, you write this kind of poetry? What? And then it still took me a few more years, like 2016 to 2020, before I actually started sharing it in a more broad way. And it's terrifying. It's very vulnerable. Poetry, because it is all written for me. It's not written with an audience in mind. It's written for me to process, to connect, to work through things. And so it's very personal. It's very vulnerable. And you can imagine that an academic is not trained to be personal or vulnerable. And so it's, it's hugely outside my comfort zone. But it's so rewarding because it breeds bravery. When I'm vulnerable and somebody reads it or relates to it or resonates with it, it helps them be brave and vulnerable and to write things that they didn't know that they could write, to share things they didn't know they could share. And that's what helps me keep doing it because I'm an introvert and would prefer not to be out in the world that way. So it would be lovely if I could figure out a way to just stay home and do that. But there's a magical healing that happens in the group when people start sharing it.
1: One of the things that I've, noticed and I'm sure other folks have as well with uh, the two books that that I've had the pleasure of reading and 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 quite enjoyed is you play with words a lot and use parentheses and um, punctuation to really sort of uh, share two meanings so I just thought maybe you could tell us a bit about that practice.
2: Yeah, I think it came kind of organically, and I I often struggle to even, when people ask me for a bio, I struggle to know what parts of myself do I talk about, and so I'm really trying to refine it into a way of, uh, Julie Bull, the person who happens to do all these other things, and almost all of them are in these in-between spaces. Everything has multiple meanings. Everything is a duality. Everything is a paradox. Everything is a contradiction. Most of us are very uncomfortable with that knowing. Me, too. Uh, but I'm also interested and curious to examine that. And so that m- maybe that's my academic self. Maybe that's just a playful kid in me that wants to know why do things work the way they work. I still have that when I see little kids I'll go through that phase of asking why. I never grew out of that. I still do that. And I'm almost 40. Um, and so I think for me, that really is it, is learning how do we How do we play with language in a way to express multiple meanings and people sometimes get something out of it differently than they would if you wrote them out as separate words. And I think language is an interesting thing, even when I making the poetry books was so fun for me, because in academia, you have to write in a very specific way, and to fit in the standards of whatever the thing is you're writing for. When you write your own poetry book, you can do it however you want. And so even playing with where the words are on the page, where do you make the line breaks. Um, as you said, punctuation, using parentheses, all these ways it intrigues people and sometimes helps them slow down uh, to actually connect and go, oh, what do they mean here? And it helps them engage, I think, in a different way.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Reading through your books, each page, you know, looks like a piece of art. So you're attracted to a look of it before you've even read the words. And I know that um, you've been working on uh, unleashing your creativity in other ways using a drawing technique that I I kind of forget what you called it but I wouldn't mind if you chatted about that for a minute
2: absolutely it's called bilateral drawing and I think it's it's amazing in so many ways so I feel very fortunate as an artist that I came into it in the sense of play and curiosity and exploration so I'm not the kind of visual artist who can draw real to life I can't draw your portrait I can't draw a fruit bowl those are not the kinds of things that I can do so bilateral drawing for me was a way to connect in a very playful sense, the point of bilateral anything, bilateral stimulation is using both sides of your body at the same time. Dancing, walking, those things are bilateral. But a lot of us still are in our heads when we're doing that. Bilateral drawing, especially in the way if you listen to music, if you give yourself a prompt, uh, you focus on something and allow your hands to kind of be dancers. It doesn't have to look like anything. It can just be all a bunch of black scribbles if that's what you want it to be. So for me, it has a kind of a dual purpose one, helps me continue on my recovering from perfectionist self, because in an academic environment, that's kind of you know the, the gold standard. Um, whereas for me, in art and poetry, it's the complete opposite of that. It's playful, it's personal. And I try to leave the perfectionist side away. And the bilateral drawing helps with that. And it has the second benefit of being a therapeutic effect. It really helps actually rewire our brain. And it calms the nervous system in a way that most other kinds of doing things with one hand Would not do.
1: Well, I am intrigued. I'm going to look into that for myself. (laughs) And I love the way that you talk about um, joining the two sides of yourself, but definitely trying to support, um, you know, breaking into the creative side and not letting your past um, hold you back in that way. So you do have two books of poetry and one's pretty recently came out so hindsight 2020 and becoming me and I know that the library has a copy of each of them hopefully to soon have more but can you let folks know how they might access these books or find a way to purchase them or.
2: Yep, so they are locally available at the bookmark and of course through me directly people can always contact me probably Instagram is the simplest way these days to reach people. And those two specific books are published by Good Minds. They're a First Nations publisher in Ontario. So they're also available if you want to buy them online or ship to somewhere else that's not local.
1: Wonderful. Um, And I know we've got some events coming up in April to celebrate National Poetry Month. So you're going to be here at the library twice. We have a local author showcase on Thursday, April 6th, starting at 630 and you're coming for that. And we'd love to see as many people out for that event as possible. And then you're also hosting a program called Together We Rhyme, so sort of an open mic, poetry, spoken word event. And that's happening on Thursday, April 20th at seven o'clock. There's still spaces for readers, so if anyone wanted to reach out to Julie or myself at the Charlottetown Library, we'd love to um, add you to the roster, and we'd love to see folks come out to listen as well. I think it's going to be really wonderful. And yeah, do you have any other uh, events that, that you want to talk about that, you'll, that you're involved in that aren't happening at the library?
2: Yeah, I guess. So I'm really excited for National Poetry Month. April is also my birthday month, so I feel like that's great time. I'm going to celebrate all of it all month long. Um, on April 1st, there is a book launch and art show that's being hosted by the PI Transgender Network. And so I've been working with them for the last few months to curate the first art show for that organization, as well as uh, edit the first anthology. And that has been, it's my first time doing that. I don't consider myself an editor, so it's that, don't please don't reach out to me to edit your books. Uh, I can help you write poetry, but I can't do the editing. Um, <laughs> It was this, there's, there's 15 people who are all part of the gender diverse and transgender community who shared very personal, vulnerable, raw stories and poetry. And for me, I came to my understanding of my gender in my late 30s. And some of the authors in this book are teenagers. And there's this intergenerational healing that you can feel happening when they feel courageous enough to do it because they see us as adults doing it. And then they're also giving us that same reciprocity. I can keep doing it because they're doing it. We didn't have even language for gender diversity when I was a teenager. And so to see that shift in 20 or 30 years is actually quite profound.
1: That's really great. I'm looking forward to reading the anthology. Um, But yes, if there's anything else that you want to mention specifically coming up in April?
2: I do have a third book coming out. I kind of forgot about that. I've been so excited about the work with the PEI Transgender Network that I forgot about my own book, which is also on that very same topic of gender exploration and identity. It's called Transforming. And it also will be officially released on April 1st. And so for now, folks can get that for me directly. I will also have them with me at the art show and book launch on Saturday. And then in the bookmark and wherever else after that.
1: Hopefully, you'll have copies on April 6th and 20th Absolutely. as well, if folks come to the Absolutely. library events. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, okay, well, I was hoping that I could ask you for some book recommendations of poetry or otherwise that you would like to share with us and our
2: listeners might want to check out. Absolutely. I have two books that I read reread often of poetry and then one that I would like to read and I'm going to get soon to read. So the okay. two that I have read and would like to read, they're both Indigenous poets One is called This Wound is a World by Billy Billy Ray Belcourt. Uh, This book has won the Griffin Poetry Prize, the Governor General Literary Award, and every award that you can get for poetry. It's beautiful. It explores also some things around gender, connection to the land, indigeneity, identity. It's a beautiful book. The other one is by Janet Rogers, uh, Ego of a Nation. And I know this is only audio, so people can't see it, but it's not only a beautiful book of poetry, it's also got this gorgeous cover, and I just feel like, you know, you can feel the energy in that. And then one that I've been seeing on Instagram a lot, uh, I follow this poet, Andrea Gibson, and I see uh, glimpses and excerpts from their poems, and the book is called You Better Be Lightning. And from my understanding, a lot of the poetry in that book is coming from their experience of working through uh, cancer diagnosis and going through chemo and the healing process and recovery from that.
1: Wonderful. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this morning, Julie. I know it sounds like you're very busy. You have a lot of on the go, especially this month. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person on the 6th. So
2: thank you. thanks so much.
0: Have you been inspired to share some poetry of your own? Join Julie Bull and other local talent for an evening of poetry and spoken word at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center on Thursday, April 20th at 7 o'clock p.m. Contact Charlottetown at gov.pe.ca if you'd like to share.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm back. It's Crystal Dion here, the adult services librarian at the Charlottetown Library Learning Center with the PEI Public Library Service. And I'm here now with Tanya Davis, who's a Canadian singer, songwriter, and poet, as well as the recently appointed poet laureate for PEI. So hi, Tanya. Hi. (laughs) Hi. So, Tanya, you were born in Summerside, but uh, from what I can tell, you've made your way across Canada uh, pretty solidly. And then you came back to Halifax first. Um, Can you tell us when you did move back to PEI and and what brought you here?
3: Yeah, um, it's true. I grew up in Summerside. I left when I was 18 and I moved around a little bit. I I went to Halifax for a bit, but then on to Ottawa and then Vancouver. Um, And I moved back for a brief stint uh, on PEI when I was in my earlier 20s, for, I spent a year here. I actually worked at the library for a year, um, the old Charlottetown library, which was great. And then I moved to Halifax because I wanted to pursue um, music and stuff like that. And it seemed like a good place to go. So I spent 11 years there before moving on again to Montreal for a while and then Ottawa. And then I finally came back to PEI a few years ago before the pandemic. And I kind of came at a transitionary time um, of life and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Next, and then I got back here and PEI just opened its loving arms and cradled me so well and I decided this is where I want to be again. So now I am here.
1: Well, we're happy to have you. (laughs) Um, I know that uh, our public library system has a couple of your albums as well as your books, but uh, do you want to let our listeners know how they can kind of check out your work or what you have available or what, what you're working on Next.
3: Sure yeah I do have yeah I have some albums I haven't put out um, uh, a whole album in a while although I do have a single that I'll be releasing in May it's called The Web and it's going to be I made a video with a local filmmaker named Mila, Mila Clarks who a lot of you will know from she's done lots of stuff around PEI so yeah I have a single coming out I'm excited about that and a video Mila made. Um, and that'll be, you know, available online in all the online places. Um, I I have a band camp page where people can listen to all my music. I have some of it on Spotify, but not all of it. And I'm not really sure sure why. I think just like about I had a, a brief record label that helped me get stuff out and, you know, the complications of technology. Um, but and my website is TanyaDavis.ca. It is under construction, which people will see when they go there. But from there, you can get links to to other sites where you can see my stuff. I have lots of videos on YouTube also, um, and I have a couple of uh, poetry books, which you can find, yeah, as well in the library, I assume, and at Bookmark and and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. Um, Yeah, so you just mentioned a recent collaboration with Mila, (laughs) and uh, I know that you've worked with her before on the Island Green video, and you seem to collaborate quite often with artists. Um, Do you want to tell us about some of those projects?
3: Yeah, I love to collaborate. Um it's just a, it's a really nice way to um have some parameters in which to work. I love to have an assignment uh, because you know as a writer as a poet I could write about anything, and sometimes anything is just a little bit too broad. Um, and so it's nice to it's nice to have a guiding a guiding word or phrase or theme. So that's one of the reasons I love to collaborate. Um, I also you know the artistic ideas that can go back and forth when you're working with someone else are are inspiring and sometimes challenging. Uh, I really like, I like film and animation and I don't do it myself. I don't, I don't make any. So it's a nice way to get to be involved in film and like the audio visual world by collaborating with other people. I also, I like to perform. So sometimes you know, it's nice to have collaborative projects that involve stage work uh, as well. It's just, it's a nice it's fun. It's a great part of, of artistic life. And um, it gets lonely being a writer. Sometimes I spend a lot of time alone in silence <laughs> because I don't listen to music when I write either, because I can't focus very well if there's um words, especially going on in the background. So yeah, so a collaboration is like a nice chance to do, to do something else. Um, I have another film project that I'm collaborating with um, my friend Scott Jones from Nova Scotia, and he's working he's been working on an animation, and I wrote some text for that. And that will come out sometime this this year, I think. Um, animation is a long, a long project. I've collaborated with Andrea Dorfman from Halifax a little bit. So I have a window into how long it takes to to animate. <laughs> uh, you have to be patient while working with animators just because it's it's a very tedious and slow process. But it's cool to it's cool to see. And I'm grateful for any time I get to work with another artist in their, in their specialty.
1: For sure, yeah, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the two videos that you worked on, or maybe there's been more, but with Andrea Dorfman, how to be alone and how to be at home, uh, folks can find on YouTube to, to watch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep.
3: How to be alone is older now. It's about a decade, but it's still making the rounds. I still get emails about it. It's it's out there. And how to be at home was we made during the pandemic with a uh, with NFB, the National Film Board, and that that's online on the NFB's channel. And also Andrea Dorfman has her own YouTube or yeah channel that yeah. you can find. Them. So yeah, they're out there. Andrea has made a couple other videos for me, kind of music video styles, and they're also online google you know it's just it's easy to find things which is really great sometimes overwhelming but also also nice
1: yeah it's handy and it's interesting to think about you know we were both teenagers without access to that much information so it's um but it'd be hard to go
3: back (laughs) it would even if sometimes i claim to miss it mostly i just you know the internet can be exhausting as well and i get overwhelmed easily and tired of being on online and on social media and I miss analog life and I just remind myself I can take analog moments or analog days and I try to do that sometime I'm and you know there's the pressure as a independent artist to be posting a lot and be promoting and 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 marketing your work and I do I do a little bit of it because I have to I don't think I do as much as I should in a way so people I know people don't always know what's going on because I'm not that great at being (laughs) social media but I also choose that because I, I value my time and my uh, offline space as well. Yeah,
1: you definitely have to strike the balance that works best for you. Yeah. As I mentioned, you were recently named PEI's new Poet Laureate, so it's a three-year term. Um, but I also saw that you'd served as the Poet Laureate of the Halifax Regional Municipality from 2011 to 2013. Um, Can you tell us? Quickly, just a bit about that experience, and also maybe any plans or goals that you have hope to accomplish in the role on PEI.
3: Yeah, the Halifax poet laureate experience was great for me. It was around the time I had uh, I had put out an album. How to be alone was already out into the world, and so I was getting a lot of recognition and opportunities, not just locally and not just in Canada, but internationally. So I was traveling a lot around that time. So it all aligned very well, and you know, being a poet laureate is such a it's an honour and it's a recognition of of work that you've done, work that you're doing. So I, I was very grateful to have that opportunity and it definitely was a springboard into other opportunities at that time. The Halifax one, I got to meet lots of people, start new collaborations. I wrote a lot of poems for events that were happening around Halifax, which is something I will be doing for PEI. Um, one of the things I like about poet laureating or poet laureate ships, is an opportunity to be a poetic spokesperson or an observer, someone who I think about that as my role in general as a poet, to be one of an observer, and then to report back. So I watch what's going on, I listen, I ask questions, and then I write about it, and then put my writing out there so other people can either read it or hear it. So I think that that's something I will I would like to do a lot in my in my position as poet laureate of PEI. Just um, you know, be a be a voice around here, someone who has a, a poetic perspective and is just adding to the commentary of what's happening on our island, events you know, good events, hard events, things you know, things that are current and um, important. Um, in the Halifax position, I did I yeah I did a lot of that. I think I also. It was just at events, which is another poet laureate thing, and just talked about poetry and the arts and used it as a, a way to raise the the profile and the importance of, of the arts and being a working artist. Um, I, I probably taught some workshops, although I'm not a big workshop teacher. I'm not a teacher in, in uh-huh. general. I think teaching is a super valuable role. I love teachers, and I acknowledge that I'm not a natural teacher. I like to talk, and I'm happy to be a mentor, um, especially in a one-on-one situation, but I think uh, teaching is both an innate skill and also a, an acquired one that people spend time you know, cultivating and learning, and it's not innate to me, nor have I spent a lot of time cultivating it, because it's not where I, I choose to spend my spend my time. And I, I only acknowledge that, like recently, I used to teach workshops and I would be so nervous to teach them. It really took it out of me. I was more, more anxious to teach a workshop than I would be to you know do a performance. And I just realized it's it just took up a kind of headspace that was really stressful to me. Um, and so I've since more left the teaching to teachers <laughs> and I will do the writing. And as I said, happy to do uh, mentoring or one-on-one conversations, work like more smaller workshop type things or Mm -hmm. artist talks and and stuff like that so I anticipate doing some of that in my in my term here I'm happy to go into schools and stuff but I I don't purport to know how to teach anyone how to write poetry Mm
1: -hmm. well it's definitely good to know where your strengths lie (laughs) Um, and yeah I know I'm looking forward to I'm sure we'll end up um I'll see you at library events throughout these next few years mm-hmm. um, upcoming on April 20th. We mentioned it earlier when I was chatting with Julie, but at seven o'clock, we're having an open mic poetry and spoken word event that Julie Bull will be hosting, but Tanya is also um, going to be there to share some work with us. So, um, and yeah, if you wanted to mention any other events that you have coming up, um in celebration um, of National Poetry Month, or just in general, into the future, if you want to share?
3: So I am I am debuting a new show I've been working on um, as a part of Radiant Rural Halls, which is an an initiative of This Town is Small, PEI's Artist Run Center. Um, so my, my show is on April 6th at the Bonshaw Community Hall, and it's called Mass for Shutouts. And it's kind of commentary on, I grew up Catholic, I'm not a Catholic anymore, but I have lots of old Catholic thoughts and, and wanderings and wonderings about you know, life, and is there a God, and if there's not, what is there, and just those sort of philosophical existential questions, and then also, um, you know, making our own meaning in life, if if not a part of a religious community, where else do we find awe and purpose, and so those are some of the themes, it sounds kind of heavy, it is in moments, but I also have been um, writing some more, some new lighter material, like maybe there's a few jokes in the mix and um, a little bit of music. Um, so it's very word heavy though. And I've been working on it for a while and I'm, I'm excited to premiere it. So that's Thursday, April the 6th at 7 PM at Bonshaw community hall. It's free. It's a part of Radiate rural halls. So people can, um, you can register though. If you go on to this town, of Small's website, you can find a link to uh, register for that. And I think it'll be fun and be a little reception after. So that's been what I've been working on a lot. Also, thinking about the poet laureate chip and what I want to do in my time here, I will be giving a, a poem at the Summerside Town Council for Poetry Month as part of the um, the poetry challenge. Lots of cities around are, are doing it and inviting poets into um, town council meetings to, to start a meeting with a poem. So I'm going to be writing one specifically for that event as well and There'll be other things coming up. They're already starting to dot my schedule into the summer, which I'm really excited about. So I just want to do a lot of writing as well in my position. I'm working on another, a bigger show that is I've been working on for a year already. And uh, I hope to mount that in 2024.
1: Exciting. Well, it sounds like you're very busy and will continue to be so. (laughs) And I look forward to hearing some new work. Um, And lastly, before... um... Before I let you go and get on with your day I just thought you might uh, give our listeners a book recommendation either a book of poetry or something else that you that's that you've really enjoyed and you'd like to share
3: absolutely um well when people ask me what my like for poetry recommendations um by my, my go-to if they haven't read it yet is is always Maggie Nelson's Bluets um so b-l-u-e-t-s Uh, Maggie Nelson is an American writer, and it's a poetry book, but it's sort of prose poetry, which I really enjoy. They're kind of set out like like paragraphs, um, but it's super poetic. It's loosely about the color blue, but not really. It's like as a starting word, kind of that parameter thing, like she wrote a book sort of about the color blue, but of course it touches on like everything like so many things anyway it's a very beautiful book It's by Maggie Nelson that's my uh that's my poetry recommendation that I I return to I've read it more than once
1: <laughs> awesome thank you so much for that and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with me this morning and I wish you the best of luck in your show next week and I'm looking forward to seeing you here at the library on the 20th
3: thanks thanks so much for having me
0: Stack Attack is a production of the PEI Public Library Service. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and maybe you even learned something new. Many thanks to our guests, Julie Bull and Tanya Davis, for taking the time to chat with Crystal. We've put their links in the podcast notes for this episode. Check out their websites and social media profiles, and don't forget to place a hold on their books to have them delivered to your local library branch. And please stay tuned to our Facebook and Instagram feeds for more poetry-related content all month long. And as always, we want to hear from you. Share what you're reading to celebrate National Poetry Month with us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And don't forget to check out our library website, library.pe.ca, for the most up-to-date information on library programs and services. Thank you for listening.